With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this week Colin and I are delighted to be joined by Celtic legend Jackie McNamara. Jackie, how are you keeping? Good, thanks. Yeah, um, great to see you. You too. Well, I mean, we have been talking a lot in the last few weeks, Jackie, about um, you played with some great sides, but one team that will be celebrating your 25th anniversary, which is frightening, is the 1998 title winning side under. Vim Janssen, you won the double, of course. Um, you're looking forward to the big night on the 12th of May at the Armadillo? 
Yeah, it'll be good to, good to catch up with the lads. Obviously, we'll go our separate ways when you finish playing and they're still involved in football in some way, but uh, it'll be good to see good to see them all. Um, you know, the last time we kind of seen most of them was at the, the charity matches and different things, but um, no, it's it's you, you sp- spend that special time with them, you know, and uh, obviously you miss each other and you go about your, your daily life as we all do and uh, it'll be good to catch up with them all. Oh, absolutely. It is a, a, an event that we have a couple of tickets for. If you want to be in the prize draw, you have to do is subscribe to our channel. We're about six or seven subscribers away from 20,700. So get subscribing to the channel and you will be in to win the pair of tickets for the Armadillo. It's going to be a cracking night. Jackie, we're going to be talking about that season and we'll bring it right up to date with some chat about this season as well and what you think mm-hmm. Celtic can achieve under Ange Postacoglu. But um, I wanted to start off with Vim Janssen. He's a, a manager that uh, I'm very fond of. I think most Celtic fans are. He was only here for a year, of course, um, but he sadly passed away last year. What was your first impressions, Jackie, when when Vim Janssen walked across that training park? Yeah, it was um, obviously strange. Murdo was taking the, the training at the time, and um, you know, it just kind of appeared. And we didn't know much about him. You know, just seen the the tracksuit and the pair of and. Some boys thought he was a scouser coming in, coming <laughs> to training. But um, I think initially, when you know when he first came in and we had our training camp over there in Holland, it was very much to the whistle. Everything was to the whistle, to the time, discipline, uh, even down to everybody eating. You know, and lunches and dinners, you had to be there and finish, start at the same time, finish at the same time. Didn't want anybody being late. Um, so discipline right from the start, although he wasn't a a massive shouter or screamer. He was very calm, but he was very, you know, disciplined in how he went about it. Mm-hmm. Who else was linked with the job? Can you remember who was who was being talked about for the Celtic job back then? I, th- I mean, there was there was loads. I think uh, Hooley was one that was mentioned uh, back then. Um, a few managers from down south. Um, and I think over the years at Celtic, it's always been the case. You know, uh, I remember when when Vim had left as well. A year later, you know, when Doctor Joe came in, there was all sorts of rumours with food toilet and different things were coming in. But um, I mean, I, I remember Hooley was was I think he was the main one that was mentioned at the time and ended up taking the the Liverpool job. It's incredible, Jackie. You were saying we didn't know much about him. It's changed days, hasn't it? I mean, you've got everything at your fingertips now. You can find everybody's profile, CV, everything they've done. But he was written off by the, the Scottish press pretty quickly, wasn't he, Vim Janssen? Yeah, I mean, we kind of tend to do that. You see it last year with, with Ange. You know, uh, people write them off because they didn't have his pro licence, UEFA pro licence. had a different equivalent over in Australia. Um, and people are quick to jump on that and, and put, put them down. But, yeah. Uh, just the same, same way players come in until they go and improve themselves. Um, I suppose it gives them that extra bit of satisfaction when they do turn it around. But Vim was definitely one that was under the radar uh, at that time. You know, Colin's a wee bit younger than me, Jackie, uh, and he it has been kind of spoiled in his Celtic support in life. But could you maybe explain to people maybe Colin's era, what it was like for Celtic at that time? I mean, obviously we'd gone a decade, but winning the league now, I'm not going to say it's expected, but if you've got any kind of goals for a season as a Celtic fan, winning the league is up there uh, every single campaign. 
but it was, you know, it wasn't a given back then. It was so difficult for them to come in under those circumstances, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Rangers were, were dominant. Uh, you know, they, I came in in um, October 95, um, and they were strong, very, very strong at the time. We all know, that obviously, the, the fallout from that and, and what they spent and the players and everything else. But as players, you just focus on, you know, your teammates and focus on winning. You don't, you don't get involved with the, the off-the-field stuff. Um, you know, the gas coins, the loud drops, uh, McCoy, you go right through the Rangers team. They're all international players, all paid a lot of money for them. Um, and they were strong. You know, we, as I said, I, I came in October and I played them three times and I wasn't on the losing side. Like they, they just won bef- lost the game before I came in. Um, I think the start of October, uh, sorry, start of September. But you know, you knew the games you had to win them. Uh, you had to, you know, the importance of it because uh, they, they were so strong. You know, and for us to go and win the league, it was going to be a massive thing for us back then. It was bringing the teams together. Uh, with Tommy had a fantastic team. We just couldn't mm-hmm. get there. We were very, very close. And then Vim came in and brought in uh, some great, great quality. You know, Paul Lambert, Craig Burley at the time. And obviously the main one would be Henrik. You know, people not knowing a lot about Henrik at the time either, but how he, how he started, how he came through his whole career, how it sort of set off at Celtic for him as well, how he got better and better. So, and Vim identified how he wanted to play Um you know, and what it was going to take to win the league, and fortunately we did. Yeah. Okay, one, sure. of the, one of the things we were speaking to Paul and Simon about last week was the fact that a lot of Celtic fans from that era will say that Tommy Burns' team was the best aesthetically. Like, you, you saw them going forward. It was a joy to watch. But obviously Tommy's side didn't have the success of one side in winning the league. Simon, put it, and, Simon and Paul put it down to the defence having changed. Do you think that was the case and that was the difference between the two teams was that Wim's team was more solid at the back than than Tommy's side? Uh, it was a different structure. I mean, I, obviously under Tommy, I was a, a, a attacking fullback and get forward and Tosh on the other side. Um, you know, in the first couple of games we'd lost with him and he didn't want our fullbacks getting forward. They wanted them to stay. Um, so it took... You know, I kind of found myself at the, at the, the starting 11 at the, uh, after that, it's Johnston away, and I got back in further up the, the field. You know, I, it's the only time in my career I played right midfield um, and never played it again, apart from that season under Vim. You know, he's seen me as a different kind of position. Um, with Tommy, it was all, we were all out of attack, yeah, but, I mean, it was, Tommy's team were, were exciting, they were it's probably the, the most enjoyable I've had as a player. I'm sure the fans would probably say the same and watch the teams. Um, again, the league structure was different as well. You know, it was it was um, two points for a win at that time as well. It was just that was just the, the change to three. So it's hard to say, but I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, both. You know, I would say Vim probably was a bit more defensive minded. Uh, than, than than Tommy was, but Tommy grew up playing the and doing it the Celtic way, which was a bit like what we're seeing just now. People want to see uh, entertaining football and and try to do it by winning at the same time. Yeah, for sure. See, when I look at your 
your uh, managerial career, Jackie, and I've spoken to you about that before. Uh, obviously, your time spent at Parrick Thistle, Dundee United and York City as well. What do mm. you take from your time under Vim Janssen, did you think, as a manager? What, what, what was the things you learned from Vim that you maybe implemented yourself? I think the the biggest thing with, with him was it was his calmness. I tried to remain calm. It's very it's very easy to lose your your head as a manager and and take things personal mm-hmm. or or react after the games. You know, in certain situations where maybe a player's made a mistake or maybe something's happened, and Vim Vim would never make it personal at that point. He would always wait to the Monday. He would say he would have you going home thinking about your own performance as a player rather than, you know, maybe the goalkeeper's dropped one in, rather than everybody pointing the finger at the, the goalkeeper and blaming the goalie. He, he wanted everybody to be thinking about their own performance. And um, I, th- I think as a, a manager, you take little bits from everyone, you know, even the good and what you, f- what you feel is bad. So am I going a wee bit there? Sorry. Um, so I think... Uh, yeah, definitely took quite a bit from them. Yeah, for sure. You know, when as a Celtic fan going into that season, um, a bit like yourself, Jackie, obviously looking at Vim Janssen, we now know that he had a phenomenal career, uh, particularly as a player. Um, but I was worried as a fan because we were losing we were losing the entertainers that, that Tommy had brought in. We'd lost the three amigos, for example, but we also lost a lot of experience in Paul McStain and Peter Grant. Um, so could you maybe just talk about how vital the recruitment was? Because, you know, we couldn't, um, you know, have two or three signings that had to bed in. It was almost as if they had to come in, hit the ground running and all knit together. I mean, how good, how quality was that recruitment from Vim? Yeah, I think he knew he knew what he needed. He knew, obviously, Henrik very closely. He knew Henrik would uh, come in and, and produce what, what he did. Um you know, other players he brought in, I thought Matt Reaper. Um, was it, uh, you okay, yeah? Yeah, you just disappeared for a wee uh, second there. You were just saying about Matt Reaper there, Jack. Yeah, I think Matt Reaper, you know, ones like that coming in as well. Uh, real yeah. solid centre-half, well alongside Tom Boyd at that point. Um, uh, Craig Burley, you know, the goals that he got for midfield that season. So there was so many bits to the the jigsaw, if you like, that he brought in that uh, he knew how to make the team gel. He knew what what he how he wanted to play uh, and be solid and a real team unit. Yeah, for sure. Someone is suggesting that we should speak to Johnny Gould. Was he a bit of an unsung hero? Do you think, Jackie, in that side? <laughs> um, Gildy, <laughs> Gildy, actually, a terrific guy. In uh, you know, all that season, as he was, he was he had some unbelievable saves for us, uh, you know, and done and done fantastic. Great character as well, and you know that was a uh, it was just a, a strange a strange season all round. You know how he came in. I think he, I think he thought he thought he was going to Farsley Celtic. He ended up coming to us. He was done at Halifax. That's right. I remember uh, he, he spoke about it was at training jacket with his mobile phone in his sock just in case Celtic would phone back. He was actually training with his mobile phone on him, so he wouldn't miss the call. Yeah. Um, it worked out OK, yeah. though, for sure. Yeah. Now, Colin, somebody's asking for a, a sing-song, Colin. I can't really hold a tune, but I don't know if you want to give us a wee uh, rendition of that, mate. Not, not, a, not a day, not a day, but 
Jackie, it's one of those things, isn't it? You've got that connection with uh, Scottish football, obviously your dad being a, a player, then you're going on and then you make that move from Dunfermline to Celtic. It's not something that a lot of players do nowadays is get that sort of big move. It used to be the common thing. You take a look at the signings that Celtic make about that time and yourself and other players from the Scottish League. Do you think that the, the standard of the development of players has changed from when you were playing to, to now? Because... You take a look at, obviously, Andrew's recruitment tactics. He's been out. He's looked at the Asian market. Um, he's looked at Europe. He's looked abroad. There's not really a lot of Scottish talent coming through these days. What do you think the difference is now from when you were playing to the sort of the period we're at just now? To be honest, I do think there's a great deal of talent there. I just think the problem is where just now and the way it's went is the fear of putting them in. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing. I do I do believe we've got some incredible talent. You, we're losing a lot of kids uh, because they're scared to play them. They're scared to put them in there. That's it's one thing that I always wanted to do as a manager when I took over my first job at Patrick Thistle. Was you don't have a big budget, but you're giving young players a chance. Dundee United likewise, and you can see them all how they've all kind of went on because they, they, they're playing games, they're getting opportunity. When I came through at Dunfermline, we, we used to play the reserve game at the same time as the first team. So if I wasn't in the first team at 17-18, I was playing, you know, if Celtic were playing Dunfermline's first team at uh, East End Park, we'd be at Celtic Park playing at the same time against experienced players. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that. You've not, we've not had that for a long, long time. So kids now having to drop further and further down if they do get games, if they are playing games, it's meaningless you know um, I mean you can see it you can see it in the Premier League, you can see the standard from third down you know there's not many kids getting an opportunity and it's the same group of players for the last sort of seven, eight, nine years that are in there the same recruitment, the same players just going from club to club mm-hmm. Um, when these young players should be getting opportunities and, and getting a chance to grow. The thing is, though, Jackie, when you look at your record, uh, particularly at Dundee United, and what those guys have gone on to achieve, you kind of prove that it is doable. I mean, was was um, Harry Suter one of the younger boys at Tannadice when you were there? Was he there when, when yeah, you were at Tannadice? Yeah, Harry was 15, yeah. I, I had him mm-hmm. in training. Um, Harry was, was 15 at the time, just ready to start, um, you know, coming into it. So he he was obviously one of the younger ones in that group coming through. But again, it's just getting them games. Same with John. I mean, I played his brother John at sixteen against mm-hmm. Celtic in semi final. Had a lot. I'd more trust in John at sixteen than I had in a twenty seven year old um, to go and face Celtic at Hamden mm-hmm. in the semi final because he he's not experienced fear. He's not experienced the. The, the fear in the game to, to worry about the, the result or worry about making mistakes or anything else. I think when you the balance is when they get to that point, sometimes the kids need, when you've played, played six or seven games, they start thinking about it and you take them out for a little bit and then you bring them back in. Um, you know, and that's sort of what we try to do. Was there anyone that was sort of bubbling under the surface of sort of Wim's team and then you obviously went on to Martin's team? Um, Joe in between and, and Barnsley but was there anybody that you thought was coming through that youth system that was really going to be the one that was going to make it but we just didn't see that? Um, <clears throat> to be honest no, not 
the ones that came through was the ones I thought I, I, I thought Liam Miller would when I seen Liam. Obviously, I, I, Colin Healy was younger. Uh, one I'd probably say would be John Paul McBride. He uh, was a, a, a really good young player. Um, the wee lad Mark Anthony as well didn't quite hit the heights. The rest of them, um, obviously John Kennedy had got a chance around the first team, then he got a bad injury. Sean Maloney, uh, Aidan, I would say McGeady was probably the, you know, the most skillful at that time. The young ones coming through to train with us. Um, another one would be Mark Fotheringham. Mark again didn't quite get to the the heights that you maybe would have thought. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing Simon says uh, to us was that you know certain players come in, Jackie, and it changes. It kind of changes the uh, the dynamic, and it changes the way that people maybe think and train and approach the preparation for games. He used Van Hooydonk as an example, that earlier example uh, of that. What did Henrik Larsson bring, do you think, to that dressing room and to the training pitch um, that kind of raised the players around about him? I, I think he, he brought in, I mean, it was quiet. It was very, very quiet. I mean, right at the start, you know, you know, there was, there was a, a well-documented instant with, with Tosh that the, he put the head on Henrik the day before the, the Rangers game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just at that time there was a kind of awkwardness between some that weren't playing, some weren't, you know, that were in this starting eleven. Um, and Vim, Vim, I always felt Vim was always testing the players. So he would on a Friday he would do like a, he would do two teams, he would set up in a certain way that you would think that was a starting eleven on the Saturday. Uh, maybe one one position would, would not be the same. In the players, some of the players that you could feel it sort of boiling over, you know, at certain bits there, and um, the frustration, obviously, with Tosha not playing in that team, uh, it built over that training session. Then, you know, I put the head in, in Henrik, which was not the <laughs> was not the the best thing to do. Uh, but Henrik's standards, as I said, when he when he first came in, obviously, I, I was there for these his full seven years that he was there. And, and see him go when he left. He just got better and better and better. You know, uh, if he's training every day, uh, he's finishing all round game. Uh, he was just a, a top top international player. Mm. You brought back the memory of that Colin. You won't remember, but I mean, you imagine it nowadays with the the press coverage. It would have been on that ticker tape for twenty four hours on Sky Sports <laughs> and. Uh, there was a couple of wee moments that season, though, Jackie, that you kind of thought there's a bit of adversity there. We, we lost three games kind of early, one of them in, the, in Europe. Uh, Tosh sticks ahead and Henrik. Uh, we also had, obviously, Darren Jackson's condition as well. But it seemed to yeah. galvanise you as a team. It, it, it worked the other way about. It seemed to galvanise you. Do you think that's safe to say that? 100%. I did, I. I think um, it, got us, it brought us together. <clears throat> I, I think on the back of that, we used to we went out, we'd go go-karting and go for a few drinks, we'd go for meals, maybe a golf. We'd, we would socialise and kind of try and bring the group together. Um, and we did we did a lot of socialising that year, <clears throat> which I think helped us, um, you know, in the, to deal with not just the pressure, but the, the expectation of that year just kept us all as, as one. You know, what, what seemed to go on really well from that. Tommy Johnson as well had a bad injury that season, which was a massive blow. But Tommy was still probably a massive part of it. He, 
you know, he'd be the one organising the social. <laughs> one of the, the things that a lot of people can attribute to the success of that was the transfers that came in that season, as Paul's touched on. One of them being Paul uh, Paul Lambert coming in in the November time. What was that like, adding to the dressing room a, an experienced Champions League winner at that point? Yeah, Lambert was a great signing. I think just to, to compliment... Uh, Craig in the middle of the park there and give Craig that kind of freedom to you know get go beyond the the forwards to get the goals but Paul you know he was on top of his game he just won the Champions League I think he could have probably if he wanted to went to a number of clubs at that time where his stock was being so high for us it was a massive one to get him at that time and he was it was a fantastic uh, fantastic thing I think you know, looking at it from my side, when I came into the club, you had McStay, Paul McStay in there, who was an unbelievable player. He could uh, dictate the game, he could do things. You know, when Paul obviously finished, um, it was kind of a hole there. And I think I think uh, Paul Lambert coming into that really helped, you know, uh, change the midfield that we had and give us that extra wee bit uh, you know, and I thought he was excellent. Can you imagine that nowadays, Paul? A Champions League winner coming straight into that Celtic team. He'd be paying oh, obscene amounts of money. The example would be a Scottish Championship, uh, sorry, Champions League winner would be Andy Robertson. So that, that's an example you could use. How much would that cost? It would just be beyond what we could achieve. Um, Probably more than what an annual turnover is every year. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Jackie, last last year it was interesting watching how um, there were parallels between, some parallels between Vim Janssen's season and Angie's first season. The, the both managers had previously managed in Japan. They were both written off. They both had a real job at rebuilding the side. And then there was the moment of the League Cup finals, I believe, that were, were huge game-changing moments of the season. Uh, do you think that's safe to say that in your season under Vim Janssen, the League Cup final against Dundee United was massive? Um, you know, even in terms of the belief of that dressing room? Yeah, it helped. I think um, just, you know, that was my first trophy I'd won as a Celtic player. Um, and just having that feeling and getting a medal and the relief with the fans that night, you know, the comfortable win over Dundee United. I think that... Every little bit of that season, I think even the, just before that with the European game, we were toe-to-toe with Liverpool. We should have knocked Liverpool out the UEFA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that gave us a lift. And then the next bit was obviously the League Cup winning that. That gave us another massive lift. And, uh, right, let's go and focus on, on the league now. You know, let's get... let's Because um, we were chasing at, at their points as well. So that it definitely it definitely helped. You know, it takes the pressure off everybody, the fans and that as well. And who knows that we're capable of winning something? And uh, hope and obviously it helped us kick on from there. Paul was saying last week that he actually went to him before the League Cup final and asked him not to play him because he was in he wasn't in the best of form at the time. Were you aware of that? And was that something that just Wim was so open that he could have that conversation with you. He could say, look, you're not playing well, I'm going to rest you for this game, things like that. It seems as if he was very approachable. He was. I mean, I mean, Paul Paul was close with every manager, though. <laughs> <He'd have relationships. laughs> not all of us could have that relationship uh, that Paul had with all the managers. But from my own experience with him, I mean, uh, I actually get picked to go away with Scotland uh, in France. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I was left out, shocked. I was left out in the stand again and had a few drinks that night. And I was so angry because I didn't want to... I, my wife was, was pregnant at the time and I, I was away from home, and um, which you don't mind doing if you're involved. But I went all the way there for a friendly, St Etienne, and ended up having a few drinks and ended up coming back in the plane uh, and we stayed at the hotel next to the airport before then coming to train in the morning. And I'd stayed up with, I think it was Billy Dodge was at Aberdeen at the time, and I ended up staying up having a few more drinks at the bar, which I, which mean I couldn't drive to training. So Darren Jackson had to drive my car with me in it, who wasn't meant to be driving at the time because of his brain um, operation. Uh, and I got to the stadium and Vim could see that I'd, I wasn't quite right, <laughs> to say the least. And he, he kind of pulled me and he's like, look, I think he knew I was angry that I didn't I didn't feature for the, the Scotland. He knew, he knew the reason why, you know, with my wife and stuff. And um he said, look, just, you come back tomorrow, you know, everything. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine, Gaffer, I'll go and do the warm-up, I'll go and train. He went, no, no. He says, you come back tomorrow, uh, make sure you're okay with a big game Saturday. And I think I went round to, to do a couple of laps at the, the pitch, but it was, wasn't was a good idea, and then went back in. I went home, I got home that, that night, came back in next morning, I was like, God, just, you know, it could have find me, he could have done something there but he knew the situation and he knew the next morning he came back in he came up to me in the morning before we started training and he looked at me in the eye and he's like are you okay this morning, are you good and I was like yes Gaffer I feel better this morning and then just got on with it you know he was just his man management from that in that situation with some managers that I've maybe had before would just be like you know, you're fined. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it was good that way. I remember a story, actually. It was Tommy Johnson told us a story, Jackie. The, remember back in the walkabout gig in Glasgow, and he was talking mm -hmm. about how John Barnes didn't have that trust in his players, even the experienced players. It, yeah. You know, I think at one point, you guys had gone, it might have been uh, Portugal, you'd gone away for the winter break, and he didn't trust that you were actually drinking soft drinks, and he came up and he'd, Picked one of the glasses up and drank it to make sure it didn't. That have... was actually, to be honest, it was actually pre-season. That right. was in pre-season in Norway, aye. But we went mm -hmm. to Portugal the winter break as well, um, and that was when we first obviously started working with him. We were sitting there, Tommy, Craig, and Stubbsy. Um, we were in Norway. We went on maybe a coffee shop, and Tommy sitting me. It was Tommy Johnson sitting me a, a, a cup of Coca Cola and. Uh, John had taken a, the manager took a drink out to see if it was alcohol, which it wasn't. But you know, he kind of lost them straight away for pre-season. Mm -hmm. How did you approach it? Because obviously, in the modern game, Jackie, um, you've got sports scientists, you've got conditioning, diet, all that kind of thing, which is so so important. But you've got the other side of that, whereby you've got a team spirit and morale, and sometimes, you know, in your day going out and having that kind of social aspect. How did you approach it as a manager? Did you let them get a bit of freedom at the right times? Yeah, I think you've got to. I think if you put um, obstacles in the way, you treat them like adults and treat them, I think that's where, you know, certain managers were, were very, very good. You remember that? Martin and he was fantastic for that, treating you like an adult and giving you that responsibility as long as you don't cross the line. You know, and there's always there's always a line. Um, 
even when I went, I was manager at Dundee United, we went to Spain for pre-season and St Mirren were there as well. And I, bear in mind, my Dundee United team were all young. I mean, we had a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old and Suter and Gold. Andy Robertson were all, you're all young. We had some, some experienced players as well. And I'd say to the players, like, on you go, you can go to Marbella. Um, you can go, where, you know, I'm giving you the day off because you, you worked hard last week. Uh, I'm trusting you. Make sure nobody gets arrested. They want any annoying, anything to come back to the club. <laughs> you know, go and enjoy yourselves without, you know, putting a curfew on time. I said, I want everybody back here tomorrow afternoon for a meeting before we train. And St Man boys were there as well. You know, the, the experienced boys, Stephen Tom, all them were sitting there and our players were having a drink in front of me. Then they all went together into my beer. And they all came back together, they all looked after each other. There was not one bit of problem. The St Mun boys got the biggest carry-out you've ever seen because they had a curfew. <laughs> uh, I think Dan, Danny Lennon put a curfew on them and uh, you could see them all like wee boys trying to rebel. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, and some of them sneaked out and went out anyway, and you kind of lose them. As he put the trust in them, all of our players were the next day were, were fine. There was no there was no issues. It was he had some issues to deal with as a manager. Yeah, for sure. What was it at Dunfermline? Where did you all used to go at Dunfermline, Jackie? There was a tradition, wasn't there? <clears throat> uh, Magaluf. Mm-hmm. Magaluf. Uh, that was I mean, I only went once and that was just before I got married and um I think I mean I was twenty one at the time and uh Dick Campbell was talking about it recently, actually, because Bert, the manager, was worried about me with the drinking. He says, "We watch me, Jackie. You know, he's nobody used to this because he used to have everybody had to be in the beach for like twelve o'clock, and Big Norrie, the captain, God rest him, would you know, would get a massive carry out, and we all had to be there. I, I lasted three days, and that was, you know, <laughs> I went up, I went up to Bert." And Dick can ask them for money so I could go to the go karts. They're worried about me drinking, and I'm asking me and Big Andy Todd went away go karting in the afternoon because I couldn't drink anymore. Can you keep up with them? I mean, what, what kind of experience guys would have been there? Norrie McCarthy, would you have had Ian Westwater, guys West like that, Kenny Ward? Yeah, yeah uh, Paul Smith, um, guys like that, uh, good senior players, uh, Neil Cooper, McTatty. Mm-hmm. You know the guys that could could throw the drink back and keep going for the week. 
But for me, three days was my limit. <laughs> three days and I'm out. I think I'm probably the same at 40, 40 to be honest with you, Jackie. There's loads of uh, comments coming in. Lloyd uh, Jepson, what a player Jackie was. Nice to see him looking so well. And IH Decorating uh, remembers fondly drinking in your old man's boozer. That wasn't that far away for here. We're in Dal Keith. Where was your old man? Was it Musselburgh? Musselburgh, aye. The couple yeah. of pubs in Musselburgh, aye. Good pub. Yeah. Yeah. And Robert Highland's old enough to have seen both yourself and your dad playing. Um, we were talking last week about unsung heroes, and um, I do remember Murdo McLeod obviously was there. He must have been really important for Vim Janssen um, coming to Scotland to work for the first time. You know, Murdo knew the culture of the game. Who do you um, look back on Murdo's part in that that uh, double winning season, Jackie? Yeah, I think it was a good a good group. I think it was good for for Vim Murdo. Um, you know, he knew that what was going on behind the scenes. He knew. Obviously, the um, it would, it would, for the players' side as well was good. Um, John Clark came in as a kit man that year, and all Clark, he was fantastic. You know, proper legend, great guy. Um, you know, at that time as well, coming into it, Brian Scott, the physio. Mm-hmm. I think the backroom staff, you know, they all played a, a massive role. Um, you know, with the with the players and the togetherness as well, and Murdo, Murdo was a massive part of that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's loads and loads of comments coming through. If you've got any questions for Jackie McNamara that Colin and I don't have the time uh, to ask, then fire away because we will be here as usual to half past one. We're talking about the famous season where Celtic... Did Celtic stop the 10, Jackie, or did Celtic win the one? This is a debate that's been running on Twitter. Um, I always call it stopping the 10. Is that the way you were looking at it? Uh, that's the way we looked at it, I think. Because that's that's what it was, uh, you know, the importance of that season. I think, um, you know, as a player, that's obviously we won it. I mean, we had the t-shirts up and different things, and um, throughout the season, I mean, Hearts Hearts were strong that season as well. In mm. fairness, you know, they 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 were up there for, for the majority right up to near the end. Um, they had a good side, Hearts, at that point, which. You know, there's three teams in the mix, which doesn't normally happen. Um, it was a it was a crazy season. You know, when you look at all the games and how it kind of went back and forth, and um, but it was a lot of pressure and as well. See, when you talk about the heart, sorry, Colin. Um, there's a lot of talk this season about a team in Scotland trying to become the third force, trying to, uh, you know, split Celtic and Rangers. And Hearts seem to be quite ambitious in that respect, Jackie. Do you think it's beyond another Scottish team to do that? I think to maintain it, um, obviously Hearts are pushing as, as as well as they can. I think they've, they've done well. I think the difficulty is, you know, when you play for Celtic, you've got both. You've got the European to, mm. to, to play as well. You've got the demands for that. You've got the, um, you know, you need you need the squad. You need to, you need to be a bit of luck with injuries and different things. When you've not got the squad, you know you can see things kind of falter away. Hearts have obviously invested a hell a lot this this season. They've brought in, uh, you know, even with the goalkeeper situation, you've got Xander Clark now is number one. Mm-hmm. With Craig Gordon now, you know, there's not many teams can have that kind of backup that they've got. Um, Boyce has been out with a bad injury. That they went in, brought Shankland in, has done well. You know they keep adding. So yeah, it's it's whether or not they can get close enough to really challenge, which is the big one. But 
Celtic at this point seem to be getting stronger and stronger. You know, it's obviously Rangers this season have changed the manager and um, you know his, his results have been good, but he's not making any any headway because he's not he's not getting the chance to. You know, they're maybe not playing well or getting, but they're getting results. But mm-hmm. there's there's no change at the top, and Andrew's not giving any. When you're in when you're in front at that point, that's what you want. You just keep winning. Doesn't matter what happens elsewhere, and that's I'm sure what Andrew was saying to all the players. We're not really interested in anybody else. We just keep winning, uh, and we won't be caught. That's one of the things when you look back on the, the 97, 98 season. Obviously, with a poor start, you kind of give the advantage to, to Rangers right away. They're going for the 10th title. We're trying to stop the 10. At what point was it really kind of amongst the guys that they thought, do you know what, this is the season? Because for the, the sort of nine years before, I'm sure, there was points where you thought, right, do you know what, we can do this, we can do this. Especially under Tommy as well, when you're playing such great football. But at what point do you really think it kind of sunk in that it was thought, right, that's it, this is the season, this is going to be the year that we stop them? I think it was the January game, the 2-0, mm. where Craig Burley and Lambo scored. That was because if you actually, I actually watched that game recently and the saves that Gorham had was just, you know, like the other games under Tommy. We had even even some of the, I don't know, a couple of dodgy offside decisions were never offside. But uh, Gorham was still, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, Gorham had still, it's unbelievable saves we Harold in that game. Uh, one or two others and then Craig gets the goal um, but we actually we played really well that day you know and we should have won by a lot more um, and Craig gets a goal then in the last minutes Lambo scores a screamer and that's you know the 2-0 game and through, through the history the team that wins that game it goes on to win the league and little things like that you just you know this is our we knew that was a a turning point we had to do was to beat Rangers um, because we've played played well against them but not got the rewards or certain things went against us but that game was for me was the bit that front right we, we can do this now let's, let's go That's the thing as well Colin you, you've got to understand how phenomenal a goalkeeper Andy Gorham was I mean Tommy Burns used to talk about it and um, it was unreal some of the, the really you know uh, close games that uh, one spectacular safe aside we might have been uh, on the end of a draw or a win rather than a defeat and it, there's two players you mentioned there Jackie that I think deserve uh, quite a bit of praise this season for different reasons people seem to I don't know if they uh, underestimate the, the value of Craig Burley that season uh, the goals from midfield were sensational he was a brilliant signing for Celtic he was, he was, and then um, you know he's he's timing the runs, just that late running at the box, um, and he's he's finishing. His finishing was excellent. He scored a lot of valuable goals for us. You know, there's a big reason we we go up, and we, we win the league. Um, yeah, that that game especially. You know, the, there was other the game before that we got a late draw against them at Celtic mm-hmm. Park with Big Stubbsy scored with a late header. Again, that was a match that. We had chance after chance, and they they'd scored a goal. You think oh, deja vu? Then Stubbsy comes up with a, a crucial header right right in the death um, to get us a point. But uh, that for me, that was definitely the, the turning point with with Craig and, and Paul's goal. Yeah. Then you've got Harold Bratback, who came in kind of later in the campaign because there was no transfer windows back then, and he was a guy that 
it seemed as though he, he kind of struggled to to settle, but he became a cult hero, Jackie, because of the for obvious reasons. What do you think it's about a team like Celtic who can buy a player like Bratback, who was scoring Champions League goals against Alexi Real Madrid when we signed them, um, yeah. but they just failed to settle? Is it just um, the club, Celtic, the demands, the standards? Does it sometimes just not suit a player? I think it's it's everything. I think you know I was I was looking at it in the comments for the Jack Marcus recently mm-hmm. about teams sitting in, and we looked at Harold's game. Harold's forty was the facing the opposition, not ways back to go. And most yeah. of the teams, most of the teams that come and play against us would be behind the ball. And, and as a striker at, at Celtic, you need to be good. We are back to go as other our top strikers have been. Um, you know, and you see it with certain games there that when teams are sitting in, so you need to try and find space for them uh, to get in behind. Harold, Harold was better when he's facing the opposition goal, and you can see the goals that he scored for us. You know, he didn't. There's not many goals that he's got that are, you know, ways back to go and turning them or winning headers in the box. He bit the, you know, the Kyogo is always on the move. Yeah, always facing, always facing opposition goal, and he's when he's doing that. So. It's a different type of striker, you know. Jackie Marcus is more physical. Uh, wants to compete, back to goal. Um, John Hartson, Sutty, guys mm-hmm. like that. Big Pierre could do both, but mostly back to goal. Um, so it's, I think when you're looking, when strikers come in there, are all different types. And Harold, <clears throat> for me, that was the biggest thing at that time with Harold. He was at his best when he was on, when he was moving. Uh, and running, running down and catching teams in the break and there's space to, to get into. Colin, um, with regards to the actual games against Rangers, very tight that season. We won one game. Uh, they beat us three times, including once in the in the Cup. And of course, there was a one-each draw. But when you look at the way that you prepared for the, those games under Tommy Burns compared to the, the games under Vim Janssen against Rangers, what was the difference, Jackie? Or was it more of the kind of same? What was the difference in preparation? Uh, no, it was more or less the same. To be honest, we 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 went um, with Tommy. We'd go to, to Simo the day before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last ones with we, we, uh, we, with him, it was back at uh, Cameron House. We went at Cameron House before we go the day before. So, I mean, the, the approach, everything else was was similar. I think maybe the day before the game. Um, uh, with Tommy, I remember some of the games we'd do the young v old. And the little, if you ever seen the bit in front of Simo, how how he actually played a game there, young v old, there was like a path in the middle. And you'd be like health and safety now. Mm-hmm. The players would would probably refuse to play in it. And I remember I think it was one of my first games, uh, and it was so competitive. You know, like uh, one of the players had three stitches for one of the tackles. I think it was Boydie, got three stitches for, for Paul next day, just caught him in the, the button. You know, the day before a game, just like it's just no change. You know that, and that that was how we were. You mm-hmm. trained how you play. You know, and every every day had, with, with the standards with Tommy, it was up there, and you know, the tackles were flying. It was you would never have thought we had a, an old firm the next day. It's incredible. Was that a bit dangerous, Jackie? With the amount of like, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't. A, I, I, you know what I mean? It wasn't a big squad. So I mean. I know. One, I know one that's what I'm saying. The next day, Boydie, Boydie got uh, stitched up and played with stitches the next day. But 
the Rangers game, you know, it's uh, it's insane. You don't, you, at the time, you don't you're just the norm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but now it's like, right, we're not doing anything. We'll just do some warm up and we strides. We'll maybe walk through something else. As a manager, I was like that myself. Panic the day before. Anybody gets injured, no, mm-hmm. get anybody getting any silly tackles in. See, maybe in your dad's time at Celtic, uh, I heard about the young v old, and if you lost the game, you ended up in the water. You had to go in the water. Was that still the, the case under Tommy? Sorry, Jackie, you're frozen a wee bit there. Hopefully yeah, you're going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a wee bit of well. forfeits, but... uh, Yeah, we can hear you perfectly well. It's just a shame, obviously, I'm a yeah. traditionalist but about Seamill Hydro, but when you actually hear what it was like, you're kind of glad Celtic didn't go there anymore. Now, the, the other thing I was going to say, Jackie, true, is... Um, very true. It was, I, I, I don't think we're too happy doing it nowadays. Oh, definitely not. Um, Simon Donnelly always talks about the game at East End Park because he scores the goal that could have stopped the 10. Um, it would have been one of the, the most memorable goals in Celtic's history. Obviously, it wasn't to be. What about yourself going back to East End? Was there something a wee bit special, you know, about thinking about winning the league there? It would have been pretty special for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was in my thoughts. Like, I thought I was going to win my first uh, league title there as a player. Especially, you know, having started at 16 at Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. And it's where I kind of learnt my trade, if you like. I used to sweep all the terracings and pick all the stuff and paint the terracings and, you know, all the work that I'd done over there as a kid. And I thought this is this is going to be a good moment, you know, winning my first league title back there and it was all going to plan to be fair until the lad uh, scored, which he shouldn't have scored me, we should have had a game wrapped up and the boy Falkenbridge scored a, a big loopy header and a goldie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty, uh, pretty distraught after it, but we soon regrouped and tried to focus on the, the following weekend. Obviously, Jackie, you then went on to play under likes of Dr. Joe, as you say, Barnsley, but you've got to say the most successful time in your career was obviously under Martin O'Neill. When you look back at the Wim Janssen team, how does that compare to the teams of Martin O'Neill's? And do you think there was many players from that era that would have suited into the style of Martin's football? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, yeah, I think, big, I mean, you go through the, the, the team there, because Martin, I know Martin brought a lot of players in. He also brought a lot of players th- sort of through that were maybe there, like the big Johan was, you know, Martin converted him back into a centre-back. Johan now became as a midfielder. Bobby Bobby Pett, obviously, Martin, it totally changed his his career. Stylian Petrov, he made Stylian a, a box-to-box midfielder. You know, and it totally changed Stylian's career. Um, myself, uh, found a different position under Martin, you know, uh, in and out of the team, from wing-back to centre-back, um, you know, to full-back at the end. But I think... Um, Obviously, Martin was the most successful in my 10 years at that time with the team, the players that he brought in. But he had a really good eye for for players, their characters um, and winners, to be honest. Uh, and I think Vim, likewise, are the same. I think players-wise, who would be in it? Big Reaper, I think Martin. Big Reaps was very unlucky with either bad arthritis in his big toe. We used to take a piss with him because he couldn't come. <laughs> Didn't get a lot of sympathy. Just like chop it off, big man. You know I mean? The big guy, six foot five, uh, his big toe. It's like just chop it off and go again. <laughs> but uh, no, he was he was a big quality guy, big recourse as well. Who'd obviously uh, health issues. Um, you know, that's. I think Martin would have improved them all as well. You're talking about positions, Jackie. What do you make of the inverted fullbacks? Obviously, Greg Taylor has taken to it like a duck to water. Um, I remember when Ange came in, it was a it was a topic of loads of conversations, but it's really worked for Celtic. What what do you make of it? Would you have enjoyed it yourself? Yeah, I do. I think it's um it's like anything. The, the football goes through different phases and different shapes and systems. It's four four two, it's three five two and how the teams want to play the fullbacks. For me, I personally, would, I would have liked it because you know I can play midfield. I can obviously see things and get forward. You know, in most of the teams that they're playing week in week out, they're all defensive. They're not coming to attack the fullbacks anyway. You know, they're they're just trying to catch them on the break. So one ball over the top into the channels. The biggest test is obviously the European ones and the Champions League. When you get to that 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 level and you know, and I'm sure that's what Angel want to to change. You know, for next season, you want to keep building and get stronger in Europe. Um, domestically, we're miles ahead uh, just now. How far do you think he can take it, Jackie? Yeah, obviously, there's there's things in the game that will hold Celtic back. But how far do you think Celtic can go in European football? Uh, I mean. I don't know. Obviously, the Gulf is is there financially, but um, you know, I, I think the Gulf was there before. I mean, we used to talk about um, going down to beat teams in England, going down to beat Liverpool's and Blackburns and all the teams we played Leeds of whoever we were playing, and there was still a big Gulf there. But I think if if your team's good enough, um, it shouldn't really matter. You know, in terms of buying somebody at fifty million. Uh, 
if you can get somebody at two million that you can develop and turn into a top player that's worth fifty million, you know, and, and using them before they do go to that next stage. I mean, you, you look at the players that's came through the club. You know, seventy five million for Van Dijk. Van Dijk wasn't seventy five million when he came to Celtic. It's because he's been down there. He's playing. He's playing in that in that uh, in the league down down here, and then obviously the value goes up and everything else. So it's just it's been. Uh, Good in the markets and getting the right players, and then obviously you can see that Ange is developing the players that he's working with and he's making them better. You know, Greg obviously is one. Ralston last year was was another a big one. You know, I think most people thought that Ralston would never featured at all, and he ended up being a fantastic season. Um, you know, I think he's been a bit unfortunate this year with injuries, but other players that he's 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 worked with, you can see that. The a manager's stamp on it that he's making them better. Sorry, I was just going to say you speak about sort of developing players and getting players in it, that stuff like that. Hypothetical question here: In today's current transfer market, Jackie, how much is Henrik worth? Oh, <laughs> God, uh, it's scary to think about, mate. To be honest, you know, you look at guys going for a hundred million there. Um, it's well over that. It's got to be well over that. Uh, You're definitely the best player you've ever played with or against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I played some special players against the Ronaldinho's and different different types. But Henrik was, you know, we obviously know because we, we we trained with him and played with him. Um, you know, even when when I was in Scotland team, you know, Dan Fletcher talking about him, and this was after he went to. Uh, Barcelona went back to Man United. I think he was 35, 36 at the time, yeah. and he was and he had Ronaldo and Rooney at that time. And he said, "What about Larson?" He went, "How good is he?" And I went, "I know." I said, "Just because he's been playing in Scotland, about his movement." He said, "His movement is scary." I said, "That because as a fullback, you knew that, you know, you knew that, and somebody was they could make something. He actually shown you where he's moving." To put the ball in and make a, a bad ball a good one, mm-hmm. um, and his timing, he wasn't massive. Henry it was five nine five ten, but the amount of headers he scores, even the ones in Seville, that he jumps early, his timing gets across defenders, stuff that is very very difficult to teach and coach. It just becomes a natural. He became a natural, top class, you know, international finisher. One of the things, Paul, when we spoke to some of the players from that era is they're talking about Martin O'Neill and how he would treat the players maybe if it was a poor game, everybody would get slaughtered. But if it came to Henrik, just he you couldn't you couldn't say anything. And no wonder he generally I mean, we watch the footballers are nowadays, obviously people will say Ronaldo, Messi, greatest of all time and stuff like that. The the underappreciation I think is still out there for Henrik, anybody out with the sort of British Isles, I don't think there's anybody in Europe, yeah. fully appreciates how good Henrik Larsson was. He could have went to any club, any club in the world. Yeah. How was he in the social aspect, Jackie? Did he get involved with the boys uh, going out for a yeah? A he did. I, I, he was, but I knew that way as well. Again, I think slow, slow to start. You know, getting mm-hmm. to to know you and getting um getting to know different people. But once once he's in the um, and comfortable, yeah. He's great company. Obviously, he was 
I mean, you think about it, everybody went to Henrik, all the fans, it was Henrik, 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 everybody else just, <laughs> you know, just a god to the fans over the years, um, you know, and you're looking at it there, but how he dealt with it as well, it was, you know, he dealt with it brilliantly. How were the pool tournaments round about then? Because I know that got a bit feisty between him and Lambo at times, is there anybody else stepping up to the plate? Uh, no, there's a few. We used to play. It was like everything competitive, you know. Even the we in golf games in the PlayStation when we first came in, we play with that um, and playing golf for them as well. When like a lot of the boys when they first come in and they start playing golf, they're not very good. Um, a big we were playing with big Reeps and Morton, and they'd be like of twenty eight and stuff. And you're like, you know, when you're up in the tee. And, They've got four irons out off the tee and they're hitting it right side to side and this is going to be a long round. Within 12 months, same as Henrik, they're all like single figures, but I'm still crap. You know? <laughs> I mean, my, my, that means it's consistent. I was in about 13 to 15 handicap. Um, they're like 28 and the next year they're doing it seven. It's like, it's frustrating. <laughs> I, I, the one thing about this season, I, I love the whole campaign, the ups and the downs, uh, the smell of the glove thing. I loved all that, Jackie. But obviously, at the very end, Vim Janssen leaves. That was the big. That was a big issue. Obviously, I mean, we spoke to Paul Lambert and Simon Donnelly last week about the shock in the camp. Um, can you remember it? Because I think did Paul Lambert say it was in his bedroom, yeah. Colin, that he broke yeah, the news. Yeah, yeah. What What's your memories of that moment and how? You know, it kind of probably punched the the air out here a wee bit after such elation. Yeah, it was it was a, a real blow to be honest. I think just when you're starting to, you know, get momentum and win the league and right, let's go and build on this. And um, we were due to go away to the World Cup as well with, with Scotland. Uh, but it was a day after the the we won the league, we were out in Portugal for the George Cadet thing. We, we were playing sport in Lisbon. Uh, and I was still in the team bus with, with, with Jacko. I didn't play. I was just still celebrating uh, winning the league. Because <laughs> um, I was, for the last six months of that season, I'd been carrying a knee injury and I couldn't. It took me like five days to go over a game. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I could have played in there. So I just stayed in the bus with, and drank the carry out with Jacko. And then we went to the team hotel. And then Vim, after the game, had, had pulled us on to the, the bit of the hotel and told us that he'd made a decision. But there was a lot of speculation in the press saying he was leaving and different things had fallen out with, uh, with you know, the different people at the club. And then he said, look, you know, I'm I'm, I'm walking away, I'm resigning um, after that, and which kind of took the, the mood really down before we came back, which, like, back to square one again. Mm. Must have felt like that. And it took a while, obviously, for us to get the success again. Jackie, you recently wrote your book, um, your life story, your autobiography. How was that for you going through your career? A lot of people say it's cathartic to go you know, through their memories and get it all down in writing. And obviously you toured it extensively as well. How, how did you enjoy that? I loved it, to be honest. It's one, it's one thing I, I, I've been asked a number of times to do over the years. And I thought, you know, while you're managing or still playing, Nobody will receive. And actually, to do it was, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy looking back in it and bits there you think of I left somebody out here or anything else. But um, 
you know, more importantly for my, my son had read it, um, you know, and he's, like, I didn't know that, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of things there, you, you, you kind of, your dad, it's like my dad, I was, you want you, you want to know things, you, you know, you're kind of growing up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just become a football player, I had to, you know, work hard on it, I bad leg break at 15 and worked my way up through Dunfermline, um, you know, and worked my way at Celtic, different managers, uh, even Munda Martin, you know, having mm-hmm. to prove yourself and go again. And that's practically been my whole career and life is fighting, you know, and trying to achieve and try to maximise it um, for being too small or not good enough, you know. So I think um, for me personally, it was good to, to put it down in paper and enjoyed doing it. And obviously Jackie's favourite part of that tour was stopping off at the Greenock CSC with Jerry McDay. That was a, that was your highlight, Jackie. You don't need to tell everybody that. We, we know that personally. Yeah. But you, you saw no, it, was, you know, it was great. To be honest, I really enjoyed doing it. You know, you're always sceptical and you, you, you want to tell obviously the story and tell the truth about it. And um, Obviously people would ask you a departure when I left the Martin, why, what, why, what happened there with Gordon and anything else but you just put your side of the story you know and that's that's all you can do So you spoke about the past there Jackie but what does the future hold? Obviously there's a couple of positions opening up in Scotland would you be interested in getting back into management? Obviously Motherwell, Aberdeen Partick Thistle looking for a manager as well anything like that interest you? No, no to be honest I've, I think that ship sailed I think um, I enjoy doing what I'm doing now looking after young players and trying to manage them you know, I got to do it this side when some of the players I used to manage uh, would ask me for advice and what do you think I should do here, Gaffer, and and try and help them that way. I'm still, which keeps me still involved in the game and doing little things, but to be honest, I, I, I miss playing football. If I could go back and play football again, 100%, that's the best days of your life. The management is frustrating. Um, it's good. I enjoyed bits of it, and I used to I had a spell at Thistle and a spell at United. That I, I was like a wee boy again. I looked forward to a Saturday when I knew I had my team going well and playing well and doing things and exciting and playing attractive football. But then you get caught up in all the. It's just become about survival. You know, you're dealing with the same press guys every day. You're dealing with people who want to take your job, want want to think they can do your job, and I think with the with that, you lose you lose your kind of sight what you're trying to do. Whereas a coach for me is somebody that improves the players, improves there. You're you're a teacher. You're trying to pass on your experiences and your wisdom to try and help them be better and hopefully they have the, the same career and 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 experiences I had as a player. But that's all lost now. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, you know, how 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 long they can survive. It's the same guys looking for jobs and I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go into management to be a survivor I wanted to go and make a difference I need to see Paul Tim Legends game start back up again because it sounds as if Jackie's looking for a shot <laughs> I don't I, I, I think they've gone enough <laughs> I don't know Jackie I saw you at the was it the fives when you not make make, uh, make a loan I saw you uh, doing that not that long I enjoyed ago enjoyed that enjoyed that, more, that was great. <laughs> listen uh, Jackie and the legends of the 1998 team are paying tribute to Vim Janssen it's on the 12th of May 
at the Armadillo. Um, there are tickets available. The link is underneath this video. If you subscribe to Celtic State of Mind, you'll be put into a draw for a couple of tickets. We gave a couple of VIPs away last week, but Brass Neck, who won them, has not yet claimed them. So be quick, Brass Neck, or we're going to have to put them out again. Um, it's been tremendous catching up with you, Jackie. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options. But having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. And with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts. American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Promo code WA23. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.